You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 168 with Michael McGreevy. And today we're doing our part in helping you find a clear vision for what you really want. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. Before we get started, as you know, we're going to continue on with our hunt, the good stuff. And today I've only got one story for you. Starts out kind of grim, I gotta warn you. But this story is very real, it's very raw, and it truly proves that we have amazing people in this world who are ready and willing to reach out to help people that they don't even know. This story is about an Australian man who placed a Facebook ad in his local Facebook buy-sell trade. And it basically said, I will pay someone with everything I own for one favor, anyone interested. He went on to list the valuables, including a $300 TV, Xbox One, 360 PlayStation, or a 360 and a PlayStation 2, about 100 games, 60 DVDs, and two laptops. All that if one person grants my request. No joke, the favor is simple. Kill me. Now I know that hit home hard, but here's what happened with that post. Hundreds of Facebook users immediately responded to the alarming message, but they weren't very interested in the job and they didn't want his stuff. They were all reaching out to him. Some were saying, message me anytime you want to vent. There's plenty out there to live for. And the man responded, I've tried, but I'm over it. I want to be at peace. I've been in this spot for five years. I want the suffering to end. I want to go to the next world. He goes on to say, a life in this world is nothing to me. It's a curse. And if you go to the show notes at menofabundance.com forward slash 168, I'm going to have this article posted there and I'll have this picture posted with some of the Facebook messages that were posted. They go on to say all kinds of amazing things. One guy even drove 50 kilometers to meet with this guy. They're asking him things like, where are you at right now? Uh, how can we help? One continues on to say, get real help, my friend. I was there a year or so ago. Now life is wonderful. Believe in yourself. I like what this one is saying. Please call someone or allow someone to read you. I lost someone to suicide and it doesn't stop your pain. Those around you will live the pain you talk of. So again, just hundreds and hundreds of messages that are being sent out. And you can really feel that people truly care about this guy. So like I said, that was kind of a grim story. But it ends up being a good news story because he does get the medical help that he needs. He voluntarily got the help. And I'm sure that there's going to be some follow-on stories about this. But these are the type of stories that few people hear about that amazing people are coming to help somebody that they don't even know. These stories are out there. I know you hear these stories all the time. I would love for you to share those stories with me. And if you want to, if you can, if you can post them on Facebook, if you find them on social media, post them and hashtag them, hashtag MOA good stuff. MOA good stuff. That way I can find it or just send it directly to me. If you're connected with me on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever, just tag me in it and um, I will mention you when I mention the story on the Men of Abundance podcast. Now, guys, make sure you're abundant in your life today 
by paying it forward and sharing Men of Abundance with everybody that you come in contact with, or at least the people that you like. And check this out. I've made it super easy for you to leave a rating and review on iTunes. All you got to do is go to menofabundance.com. Click on the podcast tab and on any one of the podcast players, there's a leave a review or an iTunes button. Click on either one of those. It'll take you right to iTunes where you can leave a five-star review, four-star review, whatever it is that you want to do. Leave a review, leave a rating, and leave a review. Write something in there so that so that I can get the feedback from you so I can make sure that I'm putting out the best content, the best stories that are truly helping you. That's the intent of this. Guys, you know you can go over to menofabundance.com forward slash members to become a member of our exclusive Men of Abundance community. It's for guys only. It's a closed group. We're in there having our conversations and this is where we're going to grow. We grow together as men by having these conversations. So go request access to our Men of Abundance community at menofabundance.com forward slash members. I look forward to seeing you over there. All right, let me bring out our featured guest. Beginning in high school, Michael spent over a decade shackled by fear and insecurity. His grades, musical potential, athletic ability, relationships, and future plans all suffered greatly. His anxiety was so debilitating that he didn't want to live anymore. Michael's rescue came in a form of a tragedy. He watched a friend fall two stories to his death on a construction site. The memory of seeing his friend's parents' pain will never leave his mind. It's the same memory that gave him the strength to save two family members from drowning. He tells this story in our conversation. For the first time in his life, Michael believed he had something significant to offer the world. He's devoted his life to helping men discover who they were truly made to be. Michael works with leaders all over the country through one-on-one coaching and mastermind groups. He lives in Buffalo, New York with his wife, Lydia, his son, Gunnar, and his daughter, Skylar. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Michael McGreevy. Michael, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm so fired up to be here, Wally. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's my pleasure, and I've been, uh, this is... Uh, we were scheduled at one point, but I had to cancel or something came up and I appreciate your flexibility on that, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm happy we worked it out. Yeah, me too. So where are you at in the world? I am in beautiful, lovely, sunny Buffalo, New York. <laughs> we were talking <laughs> during the pre-show. I know it's getting pretty, starting to get chill, you know, chill out a little over there, meaning it's getting super cold. Oh, man, I love it. There's nothing like sitting in front of a fire watching the snow come down as the Christmas music is playing and you're looking at your Christmas tree. I mean, that happens just a, just a portion of the winter, but hey, it's worth it to me. That's cool. As long as you're loving it, man, that's what's important. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I like to get the show started with an attitude of gratitude just like I do pretty much every single day and some evenings. I go to bed with that, and uh, depending on how my day went. What are you grateful for today, Michael? Well, I'm reading this book called Washington's Crossing. And in one of the stories, it was right about this time of year, back in the 1700s. And I'm just so grateful for the rebels back then. Many of them had no shoes We're sleeping out in the woods in the snow with no blankets and still continued getting up to fight for their freedom. And man, it just hit me that I get to have a free life right now because of 
the courage of those guys who are willing to keep going in the face of insurmountable odds. You know, Michael, I was watching your video on, on your Facebook uh, page and um, your, your Facebook group. And just so the guys out there know what I'm referring to, he's got a Facebook group called Husbands, Fathers, Leaders. And um, I, I just absolutely love it. But when I was watching that video, one of the things I was thinking about, and specifically what you just said, they had no shoes and they just kept fighting. Well, having no shoes leads me to believe they didn't have a whole lot of resources to begin with. And out here in Hawaii, we have a huge homeless population, and that's a big issue. And they're in the process of relocating. They're constantly relocating them from one point to the other, and they're building some kind of shelters for them right now, which is kind of cool. But, you know, I don't want to judge here because there's many different reasons why people would be in that situation. But what I was thinking about was that those men during the Revolutionary War continued to get up and fight for their cause, fight for the cause, and they wouldn't give up no matter what. When I see these men and some women that are homeless and limited resources, and some of them, quite frankly, have jobs, uh, believe it or not, it's just because they're homeless doesn't mean they don't have a job. But many of them have just given up completely. And it really kind of breaks my heart that a man would get to the point to where he just gives up entirely. Yeah, yeah, that is that is really tough. I can't begin to know what it's like to be in their situation or what they're facing. But yeah, that is just ultimate sadness when somebody gives up. Yeah, and, and I've talked to several guys on for, for Men of Abundance. I've had several conversations where many of the guys were homeless at one point, some of them up to a year. and uh, But they, they while they were homeless, they were still fighting. They were still figuring out a way to earn an income. They were living in their car and washing dishes in a restaurant and then going to another job and you know do everything they could to get themselves out of that situation but so man the reason why i bring that up is because look man and and as michael was just talking about these guys were tough i mean these these guys are hard as woodpecker lips i mean (laughs) you imagine walking in the freezing cold frozen ground barefoot and and still the the will to fight. I mean, that is just amazing. So as you said in your video, you know, here we are complaining that my internet's too slow or my, my iPhone won't process quick enough and won't change to the next page soon enough or any number of trivial things. Hey, those um, challenges are real to you. Got it. But put it into perspective uh, of what other people have gone through in the past and quite frankly are going through today. Yeah, that's such a good word. I, that shift in perspective can really help us start to take a step forward. But when we get stuck in that realm of thinking where we start to feel like victims or we start to feel like, you know, why does this stuff always go wrong with me or why does this happen to me? That pretty much freezes your progress and the process of becoming who you were made to be. So it's so helpful to read things and to surround yourself with people who can really push against your perspective. Yeah. And then there's a a change in terminology there too. As you said, why did this happen to me? It really does make a huge difference when you look at it a different way and actually say, why did this happen for me? Mm. Uh, What's the lesson I'm going to get out of this? What's the point? Uh, there's always a lesson to take out of everything, good and bad. And quite frankly, those bad situations are much deeper lessons learned, in my experience anyway. I totally agree. Yeah. So, Michael, how would you describe yourself? 
So this makes me a little uncomfortable to say out loud, but I think it will be helpful and and just uh, inspiring some people out there. So I would describe myself as a fearless warrior. And let me give you some context here. So for about 15 years of my life, I struggled with severe anxiety, like really bad. I was, I was the guy that in high school, instead of uh, raising my hand or instead of answering a question, I would pretend that I had to use the restroom and go hide in the bathroom so I didn't have to answer questions because I was so freaked out about having an anxiety attack or having a panic attack and coming undone. But what I've learned through many different experiences in my life is that often what we see as our greatest weakness or our greatest fear eventually gets used as our greatest contribution to the world. And all this time when I thought I was that person, that I am just a fearful person, I'm a cowardly type of person, really who I truly was was a fearless warrior. And today I don't struggle with anxiety at all. And it has become true that I offer a strength for other men and through my coaching business. That's really cool. I like that you said that and the way you described yourself in that regard. How did all of that, how did that process kind of um, work itself out? Yeah, it it was a a long story, but it got worse before it got better. Um, So the first major thing that happened, which doesn't seem like a rescue, but it was a tragedy in my life. One of my friends who I worked construction with um, right out of college, you know, I'd, when you struggle with fear and anxiety and, and you lack purpose in your life, it's pretty difficult to think about how you want to go after something in the world. And so my first uh, job after college was just working as a laborer on a construction crew. So I was framing a house with one of my friends and he fell two stories to his death down into the basement from the second floor. And I ran down to try to help him and and save him and give him CPR, but he ended up passing away in my arms. And later that night, I had to go back to the hospital and, and tell his parents what had happened to him. And to this day, I see that as one of the worst experiences of my life. Because his mother and his father and his brother were there in the hospital, just overcome with grief, as you can imagine, asking me what happened to my son, what happened to my son. And I stood there with a red face and I couldn't even come up with any words to say. But then a few months later, as I was uh, on vacation with my family, I was out in the ocean uh, boogie boarding. I love to boogie board. I mean, I'm not as serious as those guys out in Hawaii who are uh, <laughs> surfing 15 foot waves, but um, I was having a good time out there. And I, I realized that the undertow is starting to really get make things tough. I, I was having a hard time getting back in to the shore. And I started to get a little bit worried. And um, I thought, man, I better throw in the towel here and, and come back in and or I'm going to be in real trouble um, real fast. And and so I, I decided to come in and actually took a whole lot of effort and energy and I was really swimming hard and pushing and I barely made it back into shore. But then when I had looked back out, when I got back to the shore, I saw two family friends and these are um, very close family friends. We, we've been friends for our whole lives and um, 
it was a girl in middle school and a girl in high school at the time. And I was about 23 years old and they were way out in the ocean waving back to me, asking for help. And my first response as a fearful uh, person who, who didn't have a whole lot of courage or resolve in that point in my life was, man, I better go find some help from somebody else because I can't do anything about it. Plus, I was exhausted from swimming back in. Mm-hmm. And that's when that memory of seeing this kid's parents who passed away in the hospital came very vividly back into my mind. And I realized that I would have to go back to these girls' parents and have that same conversation, essentially reliving the worst day of my life if I didn't do something about it. And if I'm completely honest, the anxiety at this point was so bad that I would have, I thought about the fact that it might be easier not to be alive. And so the choice actually was became pretty clear to me. Either relive the worst day in my life or find a way out by drowning in the ocean. And I thought, yeah, I'd like a way out instead. And so I jumped in the water and started swimming. But you know, when you expect to die or not to make it, why not keep swimming? Who cares? I'm going to die anyway. And I kept going and I kept swimming and I kept swimming And before I knew it, I was getting closer and closer to these girls. And then I got right in front of them. They were crying. They were looking at me and asking for help. And something came over me and I said, hey, we're going to make it back in. Hold on to my shoulders and don't let go until we have sand under our feet. And we got knocked around by the waves. We got separated. We came back together. We kept swimming, kept swimming. And before we know it, we felt sand under our feet and we collapsed on the shore exhausted. And for the first time in my life, I realized that the story that I was telling myself for the past several years about me being a coward, having no strength in me was all a lie and that I had something to offer to this world. And that's when that new thinking started to come into my mind and I started to live out of that. Wow. Yeah, that's, there's so many lessons learned there from both of those stories. And goodness, thanks for sharing that. That mm. is extremely deep. And I would, per, I, I mean, I just have to take that as your most definitely your kick in the gut moment and, um, and your transition, um, your pivot point, because I don't know how it gets any worse than that, man. <laughs> it's possible <laughs> any worse but, or yeah. any better but yeah exactly yeah. so i mean and you know and i you know i've seen i've had close friends die as well but um it's just very very tough to to deal with something like that but the strength that you have inside of you uh even surprises ourselves uh when it comes to situations like that it really does and and you know we we have no idea what we have to offer as people. And often it's unfortunate, but we have to wait until circumstances come and stretch us to the point where we would never stretch ourselves. And then we start to see that, hey, if we have the right perspective, maybe there is something in us that we never thought was there or that exceeds our wildest imaginations of who we would want to be. Yeah, exactly. Now you said that, you know, it could get a little bit worse. Do you have another kick in the gut moment that you'd like to share with us or you want to just leave it at that? (laughs) I've had so many, Wally, but, you know, I think if I share this one in a different area, it might 
um, be encouraging to some people. And I think it's it's more in the business in the business realm. Um, but there was a time when when uh, I was still trying to find my way. I've ha- I, this is after that experience in the ocean. I had several different jobs. I was really searching for what um, what was my calling and what was my purpose in life. And one of those jobs that I had was working for an energy company, selling energy contracts for electric and gas. And I remember selling a $1.2 million contract. And man, did I need the money at the time. I had some debt built up on a credit card, and, and I really needed um, the commission for that. And it was a, a sizable commission, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I, I was getting ready to co- collect that commission, and I was notified that the company was not going to pay the commission because it was breaking up and involved in a lawsuit at the time. Really what happened, I found out, was uh, somebody from the company who was there a little bit longer took that contract for me and took the commission for themselves. Mm. And so not only did I not get paid on that amazing deal, but I had built up all this debt um, thinking that this big commission payment was going to be coming. And I found myself broke and in debt and in trouble. Wow. Yeah, thanks for sharing that for sure because that does uh, a little bit more relatable uh, than than the other the first situation anyway. Many of the guys can definitely relate to something like that because I know a lot of guys are – not in the same situation, but similar in that they're in debt and looking for a way out and they've been screwed over a couple of times or, or more. So what did, what did you end up doing as a result of that? Where did that end up uh, taking you? Yeah. So I, I tried to pursue that legally and it just led to several dead ends. And, um, eventually what I realized is I had to start getting serious about my finances to dig myself out of this hole. That meant not spending money that I didn't have. It meant creating a budget. It meant really paying attention to um, where my money is going. And so eventually I ended up building a construction business um, just from right out of my home. I'd, I was actually had been laid off at the time and was uh, working on my house. And somebody came up to me from my neighborhood and said, hey, would you, uh, would you be willing to paint my house? I said, sure. And when I was painting that house, another opportunity came up to work on the house next door to that. And that went on for about three years. And I just hustled and dug out of that hole. And I remember the day that I showed up at a branch with cash in my hand to pay off that final couple thousand dollars of credit card debt. And so it it took a couple years and it took a lot of hard work. But I just said, I'm going to I'm going to take a look at reality here. What's really going on? I'm not going to try to uh, escape this or push it away to the side or to try to um, find the easy way out. I'm just going to dig dig myself out of this. And that's what I did. And it was such a satisfying feeling. That is a very satisfying feeling. I've been in doing those type of jobs before. Did you have another full-time job while you were doing that or was that it? It became my full-time job. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that because, you know, again, many of the guys I've talked to, they're they're in similar situations to where they just feel they're stuck. They're in some sort of debt and there's so many. And I, the reason why I asked you if it was full time or not was because there's so many part time 
hustles that you can put time and effort into and really earn quite a bit of extra cash that you don't Mm -hmm. normally get from your day job. Uh, they can start chipping away at that. One thing I always tell people, you know, I'll try some sort of a side hustle, and I've tried many. So recently, as at the time of this recording, um, for about the last 30 days or so, I've been driving as a Lyft driver here in Honolulu down in Waikiki. And mm. I've been averaging on a, just part-time, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, averaging $350 a week. This last week, because of Thanksgiving and, and all the travelers here and stuff, I made uh, over $700 this last week. Wow. And then I got a bonus in my third week and I made $920. Cause if you get a hundred rides within the first 30 days, they give you a $500 bonus. Guys, I'm sharing this with you because number one, I did it because I love meeting new people. And I introduced a lot of people to men of abundance in our, in our conversations while we're driving around. And I made a little bit of money. I, I, I talk about it like it's like it's Pokemon go. You get to go pick. Only thing is, is you get to pick up real, real live critters. You get to talk to them, and then they pay you when you drop them off. Um, but that's just one other uh, way for. There's so many things that you guys can do out there. You just gotta, just like we were talking about, started out this conversation with the guys with no shoes still having the fighting. You know, the the will to fight. You still have the will to fight. You just gotta figure out a way to get it done. Man, that is so inspiring. I love that you're a Lyft driver. You know, one of my good friends drives Uber just because it helps him think. It helps him clear his mind and make sense of his business ideas. And for the same reason you do, he gets to meet so many fascinating people. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, and at the time of this, at the time of recording this, I'm doing split ops with my family. They're in Tampa. I'm here in Hawaii. So I got the time. You know, I got that. And some people don't. I probably wouldn't be doing this. Uh, to the extent that I am, if I was still with my family right now, because I'd rather have the time with my family. I don't need the money in that mm. regard, but I just really enjoy, uh, but I do like meeting the new people. Man, I love that. Yeah, because it's yeah. I love it. <laughs> Another thing you can do also is uh, become a Craigslist expert, and that's what I did. Man, I sold like 75% mm. of the stuff that I had, and you'd be surprised uh, how many people will show up and for what types of things they'll they'll show up um, to buy too. So there's a lot of opportunities with just selling your stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. Craigslist and Facebook, um, the Facebook buy, sell, trade in your areas. My wife and I gathered up one day. We just went through the garage. We went through the storage that we had. We cleared out that storage. I was tired of paying that $180 a month for storage. And we sold all the stuff we hadn't used in over a year. And we made over $3,000 in one weekend. Just selling wow. junk that we weren't using. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's awesome. And I we love move it. all the time. So I know we and we we don't have near as much stuff as some people who's been in a house ten years or more. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so let's get into you know, I would I'm really interested in what it is that you have going on because that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. You're right up the alley of what I have going on in, in coaching, specifically coaching men. You're helping leaders uh, come alive through coaching and masterminds. How did all that come about from everything that you've just talked about? You know, you're, you're definitely have come alive after everything you've been through. (laughs) Um, and you're now you're paying that forward. So where did that all come from? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I've always had that in me that I want to invest in other people and I want to help them see their potential. Actually, uh, when I was uh, working construction, 
getting myself out of debt, I used to listen to podcasts all the time. And then this one podcast came on called 48 Days to the Work You Love. It's led by Dan Miller. Mm-hmm. And he started talking about this whole industry of coaching and how you can make a living from investing in other people. And and really, um, that, man, that clicked with me. I remember I was, I was working on a deck one day, swinging my hammer, and I just thought to myself, that is what I want to do. And uh, he had a conference that I could come to and get trained as a coach, and I signed up and ponied up the money for it immediately and said, I am in. And, um, and so that kind of started my journey toward coaching. And then I had all these pieces to put together from my life and from my experiences that helped me form in, um, this, uh, this thing that I'm doing today, which is really to help men find their unique greatness. It's to help them understand what is that authentic, unique greatness that you have in you and how can you draw it out and use it to, to help other people and to make this world a better place. And so that's, that's what I've been doing as a coach one-on-one, and I also run some groups as well. Yeah, that's really cool. And like I said, it's right up the alley with what I'm wanting to do. Now, the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, I've, it's been recommended multiple times. It's on my list. I just you know haven't gotten to it because i got so many other books to read. But what is the basic idea behind the 48 Days? Yeah, it's, it's about finding work that is profitable, that, is, that also creates the life that you want to live, and that um, isn't some kind of mold. Like often people think that, oh, I can either do this or this, or A or B, and I don't want to do B, so I guess I'm stuck with A. Mm-hmm. This book really explores like what is the C D E F and G like what maybe you're not seeing the whole picture here maybe there's a life that you can create um, by doing work that you absolutely love and you can still make money at and so that's really the the premise behind that book and it's um it's really freeing to know that it's possible to do work that you both love and that can provide very well for you and your family. Yeah, that is freeing. I definitely agree with that. Um, so does it kind of go into, because one of the conversations that I've had with other folks is, and other men is that, you know, you can also learn to love the job that you're at now. You just got to kind of reevaluate what exactly it is you're doing and how you're providing to humanity. Does it kind of get in, into any of that? It does, yeah. It's, it talks about work being meaningful as well. If, if our work isn't meaningful for us and for others, it's not going to provide that satisfaction that we're really looking for anyway. And so that is a very important part of how are you going to serve the world with your unique set of gifts and passions? Mm-hmm. And really, how can that also um, be profitable at the same time? Because if we're not making money, if we're not profitable, then we don't have a whole lot to give. It doesn't allow us to um, offer abundance to others if we're not experience that, experiencing that same abundance ourselves. Absolutely. Very good point. And at the same time, if you're not adding value to others while you're making that money, because as human beings, we, we just physically, we have to add value to our community. Uh, that's who we are as a being. That's why when you see people uh, completely retire, and just watch the grass grow. 
people throw this word around like I retired, like I retired from the military, but I'm still working. I'm still doing, I'm still adding value. And when you sit and just re- completely retire and watch the grass grow, you die within three to four years. <laughs> right. This happens to military personnel all the time. They have such mm-hmm. a high paced job and they have so, they're adding so much value to their community, to the, to the, you know, to the country and so on and so forth. And then they retire and they go home, watch the grass grow. And within five years, they have a heart attack and die. I, it's, yeah, no doubt. And and just to go back to that, the Revolutionary War, those uh, soldiers had such a clear vision of what they wanted. They were fighting for their freedom, for their own country, for uh, independence from the, the rule of the British. And that was abundantly clear to them what they were fighting for. And you talk about maybe some of the folks that struggle with being homeless and, and give up. Like what are what is what are they reaching for? What are they fighting for? That it's almost like they've lost that um, that purpose or that deeper meaning that they're working toward. And that's mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. That's when you start to wither away and die when you don't have that. Yeah, absolutely. When a man is kicked to his knees and then and then just takes it for this, it's hard. It's very difficult. I've seen broken men, uh, and they just need a coach. All the stuff that you got going on, and I, like I said, I really dig what you're doing. I'm sure you've got a lot of really good news stories. Can you share a couple of good news stories with us for, from some men that you've uh, helped move forward and just realize who they really are? Yeah, sure. You know, one of my favorite stories, and I'll, I've changed his name just to keep it private, but mm-hmm. his name is Mark, and um, he was a very successful salesperson. But he just felt like uninspired. He felt he was going through the motions and spinning his wheels and he kind of was disconnected from um, the meaning of what he was doing and and he found himself really really frustrated and um and so we did a we went through a process where we looked back into his past and into his life and he uncovered this story that he experienced as a kid he was in a uh, he used to go to a summer camp and part of that summer camp was passing this swim test where you had to go um, through this course in, in a certain amount of time and, and then you could move on to that next level and all the parents would show up and watch him and, and it was a it was a whole big deal and he failed that test and he looked up from the water and he saw his mother and her face was buried in her hand shaking her head in disappointment he remembered that clearly in his mind. And, you know, you might say, okay, well, a lot of kids have experiences like that, and that's hurtful, and you just kind of move on and grow through it. That may be true, but the problem there is it's what he believed as a result of that. And what he believed was that he was a failure. And this showed up over and over again throughout his life. So even now as a successful salesperson – I mean, top 10 in, out of hundreds of salespeople in a company, he's continued to feel like a failure when really he was a success. So he had to go back there and realize that that message that he got through that experience was not true, that he was not a failure. And he had to rewire his thinking to, to start to take on the truth of what his identity was all about, which is a successful um, hardworking, somebody who offers unique value to his clients. And when he started to rewire his thinking and and see himself for who he really was, 
my gosh, so many things changed. He improved his sales. His marriage improved. His relationship with his kids improved. And now I'm, I'm hearing from him all the time, and he's saying that all these people are asking him for advice and asking for his help and asking him, how did you do this? Or what's changed with you? There's something different about you. And so, you know, often people think, just like I thought that I was a coward throughout my whole life, we assume things about ourselves because of the experiences we go through. And then we just start to adopt that identity and think, oh, I guess that's who I am. And I'll just have to deal with that part of me for the rest of my life. But we, it's not true. You're taking the results of one experience and letting it assume your identity. And that's what, uh, that's what we have to do is go back to those experiences and make sure that we haven't adopted any lies about who we are. And based on that, do you think that he would have figured that out on his own? I hope so, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I think he needed somebody to help him make sense of that. Because in our own heads, there's only so far we can go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, this is the whole reason why I speak so highly of coaches and, and mentors, because you can shortcut your life. You can shortcut um, you know, your, your, your learning curve and, and the pro whole process, uh, by getting somebody on your side who really can just coach that information out of you, because it's my belief mm -hmm. that we already, you know, deep down, we know who we are. We just got to figure out what we're going to do, you know, how we're going to pull that out of us. Uh, mm -hmm. because there's so many recordings in our, in the back of our mind, like that one with, you know, he kept seeing that recording of his mother with her, with her, her head in her hands and in disappointment. Mm. And you just got to bring that up and then replay it and then reprogram it uh, type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, if there's anyone listening right now, that's on the fence about hiring a coach or working with Wally, do it, pull the trigger. You will get so much value out of it. Even if you feel like you're in a good place, coaching can take you so far to the next level as well. I'm a coach and I, I'm very aware of all these dynamics and I still work with a coach myself because I know that I need that outside perspective. And I would not be half the person I am today without the insight of other people and other coaches in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've got a coach right now as well and I'm paying good money for this coach. And, and I have, a, you know, many of many people have more than one coach at any given time because you got your coach for certain things in your business, coach for your life. And I want to echo exactly what Michael said. Look, guys, the fact of the matter is you're going to resonate with the individual that you resonate with. You're going to you're going to be attracted to that person, man or woman, as far as the mm. coach is concerned. And if everything you see what Michael's doing and you go check out Michael, you want to go work with Michael brother. It doesn't hurt my feelings. None whatsoever, because my true purpose for this whole men of abundance community and this men of abundance podcast is to introduce you to somebody who can help you get to where you want to go. And that truly makes me feel amazing that I was able to make that connection. And, you know, I'd love to work with you, but if Michael's the one you want to go with, you're not cheating on me, man. That's exactly what we're here for. Hey, man, I feel the same way, Wally. Hey, yeah. if somebody from my audience is listening to this and they hear your voice and it's like, man, I want to know more about that guy. I think he can help me. Absolutely. Call him up and start working with him as soon as possible. 
Yeah, that right there is the abundance mentality and a great collaboration. Mm, Absolutely amen. love it. So, Michael, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that, man? Yes. Excellent. So share one to three actionable steps that our men of abundance can take today. Yeah. So if you struggle to know what your unique grace, greatness is, or you feel like you're spinning your wheels, I have an exercise that I want to share with you. It's from my online course, but I'm going to share it with your audience, Wally, for free. And um, you can put these in the show notes or however you want to do that. But there's three different steps to this exercise. And it's going to help you go back into your life and uncover some of those events that may be um, affecting your thinking in negative ways. And it's going to help you move forward with the right kind of thinking. So that's kind of three action steps wrapped into one um, that I'll share with your audience. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. And we will have that all linked up in the show notes and mentioned in the show notes at menofabundance.com. So what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Michael? Okay, this isn't going to sound revolutionary, but for me it is. Lemon water in the morning. (laughs) So one big glass of lemon water to start my day. Exercise. Surprise, surprise. Reading. Some... uh, material that helps me grow and challenges my mindset and listening to podcasts regularly that do the same and all within the first two hours of every day. That sounds so familiar. (laughs) (laughs) And the guys know, because if you've been listening for a while, you know, I start my day every single morning. Only thing I add to my lemon water is a little, little bit of a Himalayan pink salt and uh, that's how I start every single day while my coffee's brewing. I'm down on my my glass of water. <laughs> and then everything else you mentioned, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the Himalayan? Not to sidetrack you here, but uh, maybe I need to add that. No, well, you know, I use Himalayan salt on pretty much everything. I don't use regular table salt because regular table salt, they take out all of the minerals for whatever reason. And basically it's garbage. Uh, so the Himalayan pink salt has, if I'm off the top of my head, I used to know all this stuff, but like eight different uh, minerals and, and stuff that's really good for your body. So along with the dehydration, you're dehydrating when you're sleeping, you know, seven, eight hours a night. Uh, that's why I drink the water right away. But then the lemon is good for gut health. And then the Himalayan pink salt also replenishes your body with those necessary uh, minerals that you need. Mm, Well, thanks for sharing. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of listening, what are you reading? What would you recommend that our men of abundance read or listen to and why? So uh, I told you about Washington's Crossing. That's a great book, but we talked about that. So I'll I'll share one other book that's made a huge impact in my life, and it's The 12-Week Year by Brian Moran. That more than anything else, as far as goal setting, productivity, getting things done, that's made an incredible impact in my life. Yeah, I've got that book sitting right here on my bookshelf. It was actually gifted to me by somebody who's a 12-week year um, trainer, certified trainer. And uh, mm. she was trained by directly by uh, uh, Michael and Brian. Wow. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks for recommending that. And we will have that one linked up in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Michael, what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Oh, uh, there's a couple things here I want to mention. Past pain and hurt. Mm. 
scarcity thinking passed down from family or absorbed through close relationships and negative media. Mm, yeah, the negative media, man. I just do not watch the news anymore. If something significant happens, I'll find out about it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I used to sit and watch CNN in my office um, when I worked in, in one of the hospitals I worked at. And in my office was two TVs, and I had CNN on all day, every day, listening to the same five stories over and over and over again, and not a one of them was a good news story. Oh, constantly negative news network. Constant, constant <laughs> negative news. Absolutely. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Michael? Uh, it's serving others openly without uh, expecting anything in return. So really taking like all the gifts that you've been given, your unique greatness, and connecting with folks and serving them without expectation. Wonderful answer. I absolutely love that. So we're going to close this up. Before we do, what did we not talk about that you'd like to ensure Men of Abundance gets out of our conversation? Yeah, sure. I, I guess I just would say this. If, if there is fear or weakness buried within you, don't hide from it. Don't push it down. It's only going to make you more captive to it. Take a step toward that and really take an honest look at what you've experienced that is the key to moving forward, is, is not running from the things that you despise about yourself. And guys, I want to add to that just a little bit because, you know, it's, it's right in line with what we're talking about here about discovering what is holding you back. Something's holding you back. If you feel you're being held back and you just can't figure out what it is, then it's important to talk to somebody, whether it's a coach or a very close friend, somebody who's going to be brutally honest with you. And say, hey, look, this is where I'm at in my life, whether it's a relationship, whether it's business, income, your job, fitness, whatever it is, something you, f you know you're being held back because you're not reaching the goals that you want to reach. Something is there and it can be discovered and then it can be conquered and it takes some time. But you need an outside source. You need somebody from the outside looking in that will be brutally honest with you. And then have a, and then may or may not have a solution. Once you figure out what the problem is, what's holding you back, that person that shared that with you may not be the person that can help you break through it. But then mm. your next step is to go find somebody like Michael who can break you, help you break through that, and uh, and just move on. And and then every you know you got to continue doing that because what got you to where you're at today is not going to be what gets you to the next level. Any thoughts on that, Michael? I'm just, it's a resounding heck yes on, on everything you just said. Yeah. Get, um, it, you know, there's, we tend to pretend when we don't feel like, uh, we don't feel strong about who we are and we tend to want to hide and, and often we'll cling to other identities or try to create identities that make us feel strong. So sometimes the first step in that is just to stop pretending. Just be who you are right now with what you have. That's, that's okay if you're not where you think you should be, in quotes. Just be honest with yourself and then reach out for that help, and you will start moving forward if you take courage and do that. Absolutely. Thanks for closing that up like that and bringing it back around. So, Michael, we're going to have your website, mcgreevyleadership.com. We're going to have that linked up in the show notes. We're going to have your Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of that stuff linked up in the show notes. Any other way that our guys can get a hold of you or anything that you have exciting coming up? Yeah, I'm really excited. I put together a 
course on finding your identity. Um, just so if, if somebody's not in the place where they can invest in a large coaching package, they can do that. Um, but yeah, just you can email me anytime, michael at mccreevyleadership.com. And you can call me if you want. Maybe something recognized or something hit you from this conversation about your identity and you want to talk a little bit more about that. I would be happy to have just a phone call and help you help steer you in the right direction. So I'm, I'll leave my cell phone number. It's 716-713-2957. And I have conversations with people all the time about this subject. And I'm not looking to land you as a coaching client. I just this is my calling. I love to talk to people. So if, you, if this resonated with you, feel free to give me a ring. Excellent. That's very generous of you. And guys, it's very, very rare that one of our guests will give their cell phone number and their person and their email uh, for you to contact them directly. So I would expect a couple of you to at least reach out to him and have this conversation. All right, Michael, that's it, man. We're going to wrap this up. Go out and live your life of abundance and aloha. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wally. I had a blast today. All right, guys, you've heard it said over and over again on Men of Abundance, either by me or any of the number of guests. You must be clear on your vision, write it down, and make sure you have a mentor, a coach, somebody that's going to hold you accountable and tell you the hard truth. Nobody's doing you a favor by telling you what you want to hear. Somebody's got to be able to look deep inside you, look from the outside in, and be able to tell you and show you not only what your roadblocks are, but how to overcome them. This is vital to your success. You're not going to be able to break through to that next level of success until you have somebody by your side who's going to coach you to that next level of success. And if you think you might want to get the chance to work with me, then go to menofabundance.com, click on the coaching tab, fill out that short form and request a 30-minute call with me. And if it's not me, then find somebody. Reach out to any of the number of guests that we've had on Men of Abundance. Reach out to Michael. Reach out to any of the other guys, but find somebody who can help coach you to the level of success and help you break through so that you can reach the level of success that you know you deserve. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance. 